ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Wednesday, July 15th, your drive. That's right, your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program anytime by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true great taste only. 96 calories it is. The original light beer. Coming up on the program this evening, we're going to hear from Marshall women golfer Carrie Parks. She is fresh off winning the 97th Women's Amateur here in West Virginia. She won that championship yesterday. And joining us later on the program, uh, one of the all-time greats in sports marketing and sports period is Jim Host. And that is why we have today on the program, I haven't been in the studio with you. I've seen you in the hallway. We've talked. It hasn't been forever, but we haven't been on the air together in months. Bill Cornwell is with me. You realize the last time that you and I were in the studio together, it was the it was Marshall's Conference USA first round game back in March. I thought it was late February. Well, I know. I think it was okay. I, I, we, I think we uh, we're only talking we, a few days. We did a show before uh, the uh, the herd uh, got the uh, opening win in the CUSA tournament, and then of course the next day we shut her down. I'm going to tell you this right now. 2020 has been a personal hell for all of us. <laughs> I'm serious. It's been uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just been a complete personal hell. I mean, your your mileage may vary on the personal hell it's been, but it's been interesting, and it continues to get interesting today. So, first of all, I mean, we're excited. We're going to talk to Jim Host. That's going to be fun, but we've got some serious stuff we got to talk about first. And we get the confirmation today that Marshall quarterback – or now former Marshall quarterback mm-hmm. Isaiah Green, has entered the transfer portal. Marshall confirmed that for both of us today, and they're not going to comment any further. And I know there's a lot of rumor and speculation going on social media. I'm not really too keen jumping in on that no, because no. I don't have anybody viable that I can back myself up with and say, oh, yeah, this is what I heard, and I'm pretty sure my source. But – I'll say this, Bill, if half of what I've heard on social media is true, it I, I feel very sorry for everyone involved. It's it's something that the herd didn't need. If what if the rumors are true about maybe just a lot of unrest leading to to what happened and in his departure, that 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 is really troubling and that's where your coaching staff and Doc Holiday uh, just need to button down and, and, and get things straightened up. Uh, as far as, as Isaiah, uh, always found him a nice kid, a humble kid. But I kind of wonder, Paul, was he told that he's going to have to fight for his job this fall? I mean, it, it was not going to be handed to him, especially with the fact that last year as a uh, red shirt, Grant Wells, of course, uh, he, he would travel with the team but uh, did not get in games. So, uh uh, he preserved his uh, eligibility. He's still a freshman. He raised a lot of eyebrows last year with his uh, his arm and his ability. And uh, he's a little different quarterback than than Isaiah. And um, I kind of wonder if Isaiah was told that you know you you and Grant are going to have a battle in preseason practice for this, and no one's getting an automatic. Oh, you, the job is yours. You're going to have to earn it. And I, I just kind of wonder if that maybe 
hit Isaiah the wrong way. I mean, Isaiah started two years ago as a freshman. Uh, last year, uh, you know, uh, all season plays, uh, uh, had kind of hot and cold games. He had some games where he was real effective, and then there was other games where uh, he was very inconsistent, and it kind of hurt Marshall's uh, opportunities to either pull away in games or win games. You kind of remember probably the, 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 the one that really frustrated her fans was the game down at Charlotte in the rain late in the season. And, uh, you know, Isaiah just looked uh, – uh, really lost at times trying to attack the Charlotte defense, and uh, there, there were plays to be made down there, and and there just weren't. And yeah, I know it was raining, but it was raining for, on Charlotte too. Yeah, they, everybody's going to deal were with making, the weather. They, they were making plays, and uh, you know it's just games like that that kind of I wouldn't say soured, but really concerned the Marshall faithful about Isaiah. The fact he uh, wasn't consistent, and, and and you just really couldn't depend on him given a, a consistent effort or consistent performance. Well, um, you know, come into this season, and because of that, nothing's guaranteed and, and nothing probably was promised to him. And that's and that may have hit him the wrong way because he probably in his mind thinks, well, I'm a two-year starter and I'm the experienced guy. Uh, I should be at the top of the list here. And, and that's not necessarily the case because Doc Holliday and Tim Cramsey and the rest of the coaching staff on the offensive side are looking to put the best man to get the job done on the field, and if it's Isaiah Green, it's Isaiah Green. If it's Grant Wells, it's Grant Wells. And, of course, now with Isaiah gone, who comes into the backup position? Because Wells would appear to be the man. But who's the, the backup? Well, Huntington High alum Luke Zaban probably is going to be the, the backup guy. And then, you, of course, you got the uh, youngster from Greenup County, uh, True freshman Eli Salmons, big arm, uh, inexperienced, but big arm, big arm, and you know what? It makes the quarterback position a lot but more interesting at in Marshall. It makes it interesting, but it also is scary because these guys are young. I mean, Zaban is probably, you know, as far as age, is probably the the you know most gray headed guy. And, and again, Grant Wells red shirts last year. Salmons was playing high school football last year. So those are your three guys right there for the most part. Is it fair to say the Zaban family is to Huntington the way the Manning family is to, yeah, I don't want to say Tennessee, but yeah. 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 Or, or the Colquitt family to Tennessee as yeah. far as hunting's concerned. Right. I mean, the Zaban family, every time I turn around, there's another Zaban. You think about this, they've got – family members going back, I believe, to the 1930s who played for Marshall College at the time. And Huntington East. And Huntington East. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, just uh, this generation, generation, generation. And and uh, Luke's, uh, Luke was a really a good quarterback at, up at, on the hill at Huntington High School. And, uh, and I think he's even matured more after making his way to Marshall. And if I remember correctly, he was a uh, uh, invited walk-on. Uh, I think he has scholarship now, and uh, he's in an in interesting situation, as is Grant Wells, as maybe is Eli Eli Salmon. So uh, opportunity knocks, doors opening, and we'll just see who steps in because uh, it's going to be a, a a big job to uh, now prepare whoever it's going to be to be ready when it, whenever the first game is, be it at East Carolina, be it, be it whenever. We'll, we'll certainly find that out in the next few weeks. But uh, – you know, Isaiah Green, uh, as he moves on, good luck to him. But uh, uh, the guys that are here, the guys that are uh, getting ready for a season, i got to get behind whoever's going to be the guy that's pulling the trigger. And, and uh, we've kind of gone through those guys right now. 
We've got more of Marshall football to talk about later. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about that ECU game. There is some doubt now. It's Wait. not official, but there is some and, doubt now. Yeah, exactly. It's more on their end than it is Marshall's end. I knew that would happen, and we'll get into that. But we have a couple of guests we're going to get to first up when we come back from break. Uh, I know you're excited about this, Bill. Jim yeah. Host is going to join us on the program. He is uh, legendary when it comes yeah. to sports, sports marketing, and, of course, He's an Ashland native, so he's one of our own. He's one of our own. Uh, went to uh, University of Kentucky, played baseball there, and then had a really interesting career, business, sports marketing, politics even. Uh, he's he's even the, the father of both Rupp Arena and the Yum Center as far as uh, being involved in the management and the development of both those facilities. So you talk about multifaceted guy, and I'm re- really excited for us to talk to him. We'll talk to Jim Host when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing on with the Wednesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm Paul Swan. Bill Cornwell in studio with me and... uh, it would take a big name in uh, sports to get Bill to actually uh, come out and into the studio with me since it's been months, Bill. So, and also since I work in the mornings, usually I'm right. I'm usually stacking a few Zs about this time of day. Yeah, this is Bill Cornwell's nap time, but uh, it would take a big name to it bring is. him out, and I think we've got the big name to bring him out. Jim Host is with us. Uh, he is the founder of Host Communications. Uh, also has the uh, distinction of being a one-time voice of the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah. There are so many things uh, we could pile upon him as far as accolades, but let's just talk to Jim. Jim's with us now on the program. Hey, Jim, how are you? Pleasure to be with you, Paul. Thank you, sir. I mean, first of all, to get you to come on the program is, is really special for me. And the fact that I get Bill to come out from his nap to come on with me, I mean, it's I'm winning today right now. <laughs> Jim, I'm I'm really excited about talking to you. Uh, I'm a a Marshall grad, but a longtime UK fan, and I grew up listening to Kaywood on on uh, your broadcast uh, after you got the rights, and uh, you know, and plus, you know, we, we love the fact you're you're one of ours uh, of our guys. You're an Ashland guy, and and uh, you know, uh, we want. We, I know that folks in Ashland, we've kind of uh, talked about the fact you were going to be on with us today, so I'm, I know they're excited to hear from you. Well, it's my, still my hometown, and uh, I played in the old Huntington Industrial League uh, at, in, what was it, Inco Park? Inco uh, Park, yes, indeed. Uh, in the 50s, and so I, I played in high school ball at Ashland against Huntington High and Huntington East and uh, Stonewall Jackson and Charleston, and uh, uh, so I'm it's still my home, and, uh, and I, I still have a lot of friends there, and talk to a lot of those people all the time so i'm just really happy to be with you of course you you were uh you went, went to the old ashland high school uh, which is now the the was is like a i guess like a used to, used to be a middle school and uh and went on to to play college ball uh, baseball at uk and uh, uh back in the in the in the mid to late 50s and you know t- talk about the road that, that took you from ashland to lexington well uh i uh, uh I was a decent high school pitcher and and uh, and uh, ended up uh, uh, turning down a pro contract for then quite a bit of money because uh, I wanted to be the or my dad wanted me to be the first 
person out of my family. I, my my I have my mother comes family of fifteen, and my dad's from family of five. I've got sixty one first cousins, and I'm the first person on either side of my family either to go ever to go to college and graduate from college, and that was really what drove it. And uh, Perry Lancaster, who was Coach Ruff's assistant right. and the head baseball coach. Uh, saw me pitch against Steve Hamilton, who played in the major leagues. Uh, Morehead State and, guy, and and painful at in the in uh, the finals of the Kentucky semi-pro tournament, and uh, I beat him two to one. And and uh, Coach Lancaster came up to me afterwards. He said, "We have uh, we've got a pitcher from Louisville, Manual Joe Dawson, who we've just signed. We want you to be the second one to sign as a full scholarship." to come to UK because we've never had scholarships in baseball. And I said, well, I've already agreed to go to Eastern. And he said, uh, Turkey Hughes will understand that. And, uh, and he said, we'll tell him. I, so that's how I ended up in Kentucky. And, and I'll tell you, growing up in Ashland and thinking about going to UK was a dream come true. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and of course, uh, that was a, a, a... A great time at UK is because uh, you went to school when they had the Fiddlin' Five in, in 1958 when they won the national championship. Now, uh, after after college, uh, I know you kind of got into uh, various uh, businesses, marketing and so forth. And then I know you kind of were just like Paul and myself, became a, a, a uh, I guess, just a media, radio, uh, regular guy, uh, just selling and doing things like that, marketing. And uh and that led to you and your involvement with UK Radio. Kind of talk about uh, that. That's an interesting story. And I told Paul about this back in the day. Uh, UK had three or what was it? Two or three different. Of course, WHAS did games with K Wood. Had five. Had five. They had five. I, oh, I know. WHAS had K Wood Ledford, of course, and of course right. Claude Sullivan was on WVLK, the Lexington station. No, no, he was he, he was on WVLK. With the Standard Oil Network. Okay. Uh, okay. Earl Boardman was on WLAP with the Ashton Oil Network. Yeah. Jack Laurie, Jack Laurie was on BLG with uh, just a local origination, and then I had the Kentucky Central Network, which was statewide. <laughs> so there were five originations, and and there was only one that was the official outlet. So that we would all draw straws <laughs> against the official outlet, and I ended up drawing a short straw at Georgia Tech one time. And uh, I ended up put, getting. A, they gave me a table in the bleachers in the end zone, uh, <laughs> and uh, it rained like the dickens. And you can imagine me trying to call a football game in a sea of mud. And I did probably one of the greatest fictitious jobs ever done. Sitting in the stands at Grant Field, I guess, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right, right. Jim, that sounds like high school football on a Friday night, still to this day. Yeah, well, we did a lot of. I did a lot of high school football, a lot of high school basketball. Uh, when Claude, uh, I was at, in college and I was uh, doing games at the university radio station, and Claude Sullivan heard me. He was a great mentor to me. Yeah, um, and he uh, he wanted me to fill in for him when he was on the road doing uh, uh, UK games, and this is before I got out of school. So when I was a sophomore, junior, and senior, I was doing high school football, I would pinch hit for Claude uh, on games. I did uh, Ted Bizarre, who was famous in Lexington, was the color analyst, and we, we had a great deal of fun doing high school. And I did I did state tournament. I did 16 state tournament games by myself with no color analyst uh, when I was in the, in the, my senior year in, high school, in college and then when I was in 
uh, the first year when we did Kentucky Central, and second year we did Kentucky Central. 16 games uh, with no color analyst. Uh, I did my own engineering and so on. So uh, I I still get upset whenever I'm going to boost and all the schools we did <laughs> when I see this cast of thousands. I know. I used to do the I used to do the thing by myself. Now, eventually, I guess did you come to the point that you know there has to be a better way? Did you not like go to Harry Lancaster, who was the AD, uh, about the time you got this put together, and that, that's when we finally got a single outlet or a single network? No, uh, I uh, I had left uh, uh, broadcasting because I I really saw a future in marketing and so on, so. I went to work for P&G. I went to Cincinnati and, and took a test, and they thought I could sell pretty well, so they sent me to a place uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in K-Soap Sales, and I got promoted two different times. And I had 20, uh, 24 people under me when I was 25 years old uh, and uh, head of sales in, the, in this region, and, uh, and they were getting ready to promote you to Philadelphia, and I just didn't want to do it. And uh, so I came back home, and took my real estate and insurance tests. And uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, Bernie Shively and I were always really good friends. He okay. was the director of athletics. His his son, Doug, and I played uh, signed pro baseball contracts together. And uh, so uh, I came back and, uh, and he said, uh, why don't you bid on the radio rights? Uh, and, and at that point uh, I wasn't in a position of being able to do it. And, uh, so uh, they, they already had exclusive rights then, and there was a company called G.H. Johnston Agency out of New York that owned the rights for that, plus all the schools in the South. And they put, put together what they called a Pick-a-Dixie Network, and, uh, and uh, it was owned by the same company that did the uh, – that, that it was a Texaco family, and they did the Metropolitan Opera nationwide. So, uh, so they had the exclusive rights, and Claude – I went on to the Cincinnati Reds, so I was pinching for him because uh, I had come back to uh, to go to work again in Lexington and real estate business. And uh, then uh, Claude died uh, with throat cancer when he was 42, one of the great tragedies ever because I think people talk about Kaywood being great. Yeah. Kaywood was an all-time great, but Claude may have been even better. And uh uh, and uh, and so he died, and I, I did the game, was doing the U.K. game the night he died, 1967. And uh, so uh, that's when I started getting interested in the rights, and uh, and then I got involved in the state government. Uh, I became the youngest cabinet secretary, uh, got involved with building the horse park and a number of other things, and uh, got beat when I ran for lieutenant governor in 1971, thank God. Uh, and and uh, uh, then started my company, and the rest is history. Yeah, exactly. And of course, uh, the, the the quality, and of course, the the network that you put together was unbelievable. But a lot of people around the country know you because you were the man that got the NCAA tournament on the radio. And, and talk about how that came about. Well, I, Kentucky was the first year we had the radio rights in Kentucky was seventy four seventy five. And uh, Kentucky was in the final, and it wasn't called the Final Four then. It was called the NCAA Division One Men's Basketball Championship. And uh, we were playing in San Diego, and this is true statement. Uh, uh, there was no interest, I mean, of, to speak of in 
Here we got UCLA, Louisville, Syracuse, and Kentucky playing in the turn in the championship round, and uh, and Kentucky's playing UCLA on the Monday night uh, championship. And you can shoot a cannon down the street of San Diego and never hit anybody with <laughs> any interest in, in the tournament. And because it wasn't complete, believe this, there were, it was not a sellout. Can you believe that? It's, it's uh, hard to believe. It is hard to believe. But anyway, uh, I'm down on the floor because that, uh, and I'm doing UK stuff, and I'm down on the floor talking to Tom Jernstead and Dave Cable, who were the top two people uh, involved with running the tournament. And I said, How much is Mutual paying you for the radio rights? And they said, well, you're paying us more for Kentucky than they're paying. I said, uh, well, I think you're getting fleeced, but I don't think all these uh, schools are turning in the right uh, kind of brand because I understood what it was. And so I said, I'll give you $30,000, to, and I'll take over and do the tournament for you, and I'll take over all the people that you have. You won't have the expense for it. And they told me they were getting 21000 So I said, I'll give you 30000 And the next Monday, Walter Byers called me, and he said, host, Walter Byers, PM office tomorrow morning at nine o'clock and they hung up. <laughs> and and so I fly to Kansas City and uh and he looked at me and he said, uh, I've checked you out. I think you can I think you can make this work. And the next year I went back after the first year and we built started building the NCA network and he said, uh, I'm gonna take a chance on you. I'm gonna give you a three year contract, but I want one commitment from you. He said, if you do what I think you've got the ability of doing, uh, you'll make a difference in college sports, And I, but I don't want you to do anything for the pros. So I never did one thing <laughs> for any for any of the pro leagues. Yeah, and exactly, and the rest is history. Uh, I want to get on to something else a lot of people don't realize. Now, I know you were involved with uh, the board that put together the M Center at UofL and with UofL in downtown Louisville, but a lot of people don't realize that you had a hand in the development of Rupp Arena. Well, uh, I, I, when I started building my company, uh, uh, there was it was obvious to me that uh, the Memorial Coliseum, there were so many people that wanted to see UK games, and they couldn't get tickets and so on. And uh, so uh, uh, at the same time, one of my first clients was the Lexington Tourist and Convention Commission. And uh, and. Uh, the mayor at that time uh, was a good friend of Vice President Hubert Humphrey, so they got a, 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 a urban renewal grant to build uh, to uh, get the railroad tracks out of downtown and move them to the outer edge of town, so that uh, Lexington downtown could uh, economically grow. And part of the deal was that in-kind property tax, or I'm sorry, in-kind urban renewal would met. Uh, they got three and a half million dollars given to them. If they built, agreed to build, the city would agree to build an arena uh, at the end of the uh, west end of Vine Street. And so when they hired me to do the Lexington Commission, Commission, they said, now we're going to tell you why we hired you. we got one year to figure out how to do this, and if we don't do it, we've got to, the city's got to give $3.5 million back, so you got to figure out how to do it. Well, when I had been in state government, uh, the Kentucky Fair Board was under my jurisdiction, and uh, part of what they did is they were able to build the the executive end was built uh, close to the fairgrounds, and the ground rent permit was what paid the debt service for Freedom Hall in 1955. So I took the same model and the same tax code, and that's how we built Rupp Arena. Yeah. So, if, if, and that's a simplified way. It yeah. was a lot tougher than that, but. Yeah. That was a simplified way of how it got built. Exactly, and of course, uh, it's still a, such a great, viable uh, 
home court for the Cats, although they're they're improving again, making a few changes, downsized a little. Uh, before we let you go, just wanted to talk. Uh, uh, I, your, your book is out, Changing the Game, My Career in Collegiate Sports Marketing. I've got my copy coming, Jim. And, uh, uh, you know, basically, I guess you, you've kind of covered everything in your career uh, in this book, huh? Well, it's uh, a lot of people have tried to get me to do a book because of all the different things I've done in my life. And I've been very fortunate. Uh, uh, God's been good to me. Uh, I'm 82 now, and I love every minute of every day married to the greatest woman anybody could be married to and uh we have a great time every single day um and i'm i'm just so fortunate to be from ashland to be a kentuckian to have grown up in this state and uh and to love it like i do so uh if anybody's interested in the book they can it's a simple order jimhostbook.com jimhostbook.com and i sign every book that's ordered that way and uh, and uh, and I've the number of people that have uh, communicated with me as a result of this book is unbelievable. I talked today uh, to the Lost Dodge, who's who, who I think is one of the great athletic directors in the history of college athletics at the University of Texas. Talked to him today. I talked to people all over the country who have seen the book, read the book, and who call me out of the blue uh, talking about the book. So I'm I'm really fortunate to be able to capture my life in a book good deal well, jim we're we're you're you're ashland proud but we're we're proud of you too uh, throughout the tri-state so hey uh paul uh it's been great having uh, jim with us and uh may, maybe sometime we can get together again just come and talk about a few things but jim uh great and uh i'm looking forward to reading the book i'm glad to come back anytime guys thank you jim we appreciate it that is Jim Host. He has a long list of things that we can uh, call him responsible for, including host <laughs> communications. Uh, $30,000. That's all it took. $30,000. $30,000. I wish I had $30,000. I could uh, I could start my company. It, it amazes me still that there were five different radio groups that were doing UK athletics in the 50s and the 60s. It's crazy. When we come back from break, we've got Carrie Parks from Marshall Women's Golf. Uh, she's the champion of the 97th West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship. We'll talk to her when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You know, Bill, I'm going to have to get Mr. Hamrick to cut a new one of those. You know, when he said that, Paul, he was like, he had his fingers behind his back. No, he, that's he not true. Him, he had them crossed. That's not true. I've talked to him. I've talked to him nah. since. That's not true. Actually, actually, uh, we we probably need to have Mr. Mr. Hamrick on uh, in the near future. Actually, touched base by text with him yesterday, and he was just uh, he was making sure you and I and everybody here at Kindred were good and healthy and doing our thing. And I said, "We're believe me, we're walking around with masks on and been doing our thing, but we're we're all healthy." Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan, Bill Cornwell sitting in with me, and uh, let's welcome to the program now. Um, I don't know if domination is a big enough word to uh, describe what happened at the West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship, but Carrie Parks, Marshall Golf, ended the event with a 15-stroke lead. She joins us now on the program did you feel at any time you could just maybe take a, a take a couple of holes off and maybe let someone else get a little bit closer to you to make it more competitive? 
Carrie, are you with us? Carrie, are you there? Carrie is not with us. We will get her back on the program here in a moment as uh, we are yeah. um, we're talking about Marshall Women's Golf senior Carrie Parks. She won the 97th West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship. Carrie is with us now All on right. the program. We've got her on, and uh, I don't know if you heard my last question, but uh, did at any point when you realized how far ahead you were, did you decide maybe to either – Put the foot on the pedal, slow down a little bit, or did you hit the accelerator? I mean, did you want to, like, a 16-stroke lead? How, how bad did you want to dominate this thing? You know, my game plan is always just to hit the accelerator. I don't want to change anything by looking at the leaderboard. I just want to keep going at pins, making putts, and playing my game. How exciting was it to go out there, not just win it, but the win it in the way you did? You know, it was great. I haven't played a tournament since March with Marshall. So that mentality I haven't had for a while, but it was nice getting back out there, you know, getting to prepare for a big tournament like that, and then to go out and win is just a really good feeling. Joining us on the program from Marshall Women's Golf, senior Carrie Parks, dominating the 97th West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship. Did you feel that um, you needed this to kind of maybe get some of the rust off? Did you feel that with the inactivity, not having a tournament for several months, that you know, you needed this more than ever? Yeah, you know, I did. It's a good segue into my senior season at Marshall. I haven't had a win since back in 2018, so it's been a while since I've been in the winner's circle, and it feels really great to be here again. Do you feel like this now, this event is going to maybe help springboard you uh, further along? I mean, the competition of this event, I mean, you dominated with the 15-stroke lead, but the competition in this event I mean, we're not talking about just a collection of golfers. I mean, there's really some great talent here, and the way you won makes it really special because you dominated that talent, and it's very good talent. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of great girls there. My teammate, Torin, was there at her home course, and it was just – it was really awesome. Um, You know, we don't really know what's going to happen with COVID, so it was really nice to be back in the winner's circle. And, you know – have a good leeway into my senior season and hopefully we can still play our tournaments. Yeah. You talk about the uncertainty and, you know, I know that different people and different athletes have, have done things different ways. Obviously the Marshall football players are doing their conditioning, you know, golfers, it's a different story. You got to get out there and, and hit and, 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 uh, and, and play rounds. And I mean, uh, what has been your process uh, during this, uh, this pandemic time? Uh, you know, um, I'm from Michigan, so when I first went home, when classes went to online, it was snowing at home, so I couldn't really get out. But once classes finished, I didn't really have much to do, so I was playing playing every day, you know, practicing as much as I could. And, you know, um, I haven't, haven't played in a while, like, as a tournament, so it was just, it's just really great. You know, the West Virginia Golf Association was so awesome to me. And um, the Kalaski family actually let me stay with them throughout this. So it's been awesome. Joining us on the program, she is the winner of the 97th West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship from Marshall Women's Golf, senior Carrie Parks. And as you mentioned, uh, the Kalaski family, because Torrin coming in fifth, it makes you feel real good to know that once you get back as a team that you can look at your teammate and you can see that, okay, you know, you 
you got somebody there you 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 can trust to go to battle with because again coming in fifth is pretty good as well in this tournament. Yeah, I mean Torn played great. I know she wasn't happy with her last round, but you know overall we all just grinded it out there. It was hot out there, um, you know, and our team is looking good for this um, this coming year. So I'm really hopeful about what we have in store. So how would you evaluate Stormy Randazzo? How would you evaluate her game? <laughs> I haven't actually played with her in a in a few months now, but you know Stormy is very focused and she's competitive, and we're the same year, so you know we've played over three years together now, and we're both looking forward to our senior season together. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but she is working with us here as an intern at Kindred Communications and actually doing air shifts. So believe me, we uh, we get to work with Stormy every day, and we know what uh, kind of a young lady she is. <laughs> yep, she's great. She's so awesome. Okay, my question is, though, she's actually on the air right now. Well, not this very moment, but she's on the air. She's DJing. She's actually doing radio air shifts. Uh, what do you think? you think you could do a radio air shift as well? I mean, she can't have all the fun. Um, you know, I could not do what she does. <laughs> I don't have um, – I'm not as great at speaking as she is. Well, you're doing just fine, and I think she ought to have you on as like a as a co-host on one of her shows. So I think that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a great time. You talk about the the fact that this team is looking pretty good. It's um it's been a um it's been an upward journey for Marshall women's golf over the last few seasons, and it, it feels like this program is on the cusp of being one that's going to be competitive at all levels. And I know. We've got a short little setback here with uh, COVID-19 right now and the pandemic, but once we get past this, it feels like there's a lot of optimism for Marshall women's golf. Yeah, we're very hopeful for this year. You know, we've been on the rise. My freshman year, we were we kept climbing up the leaderboard, and we got second a few times my sophomore and junior year. We shot under par as a team a couple of times, and that was really awesome. We did lose one girl, but we are gaining um, one more girl for our team so we'll have a team of seven again and it should be awesome we've got we've got a really a lot of great players joining us on the program the winner and i mean by a lot the winner of the 97th west virginia women's amateur championship marshall women's golf senior carrie parks hopefully we get to see that senior season for you and then um, any aspirations after the uh, senior year of golf uh, looking to go pro um, what's next for you um, I'm definitely not going to go pro. Uh, I don't think that likes for me. But um, I'm going to be applying to pharmacy school here, so I'm hoping to enroll in the fall of 21. Excellent. Carrie, congratulations. Thanks for coming on, and we really appreciate it. And, uh, again, I mean, amazing performance, 15-stroke lead. You don't see that every day, and uh, you really beat some solid competition. So congratulations on that. Thanks so much, and thanks for having me. Carrie Parks, Marshall Women's Golf winner of the 97th West Virginia Women's Amateur Championship. A 15-stroke win, I would refer that to that as a smackdown. That was a smackdown. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Uh, we're going to have to maybe uh, challenge our, our other intern, uh, Stormy Randazzo, see if we can get her in a tournament now. I mean, that's the goal. I was surprised she didn't play in this this week. but uh, Well, she's she's busy. She's DJing. That's true. She's that's busy. True. She's. I mean, come on, Bill. Radio with us, or or playing a golf tournament. Come on, exactly. You got it. You got to have priorities here. Uh, when are we getting Stormy back on the program? That's the question. 
Spencer, when are we getting Stormy back on the program? Spencer Dupuis, our intern, by the way. Our, our intern. Um, she's, she's just really busy right now. She's practicing. That's not an excuse. I don't know. Every single time I talk to her, she's, I asked her to come in, and she goes, oh, "I got, I got to go out, and I got to practice today. I got to practice today." So, all right, I'm gonna handle. That, the, I'm yeah, gonna, you should handle. I'm it. gonna handle this first you one. Handle it. All right, we'll come back. We've got uh, more to get into. Uh, some good news for Marshall football today. We'll talk about it. Brendan Knox, love talking about that kid. We'll have what's happening with him front and center when we continue with today's edition of the Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9:30. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Recapping our top story today, Marshall University confirming that quarterback Isaiah Green has entered the transfer portal. Marshall will have no further comment as once you enter the transfer portal immediately, you lose your scholarship. You're done. You're done. You're gone. You're out. So he is no longer on official materials. He is in the transfer portal, so he is no longer associated with Marshall University. But there is some good news today. Marshall running back Brendan Knox named to the Doak Walker Award watch list. I mean, let's be honest. This guy is racking up awards right and left, and this is a, another one just to add if to his If he shelf. wasn't on this list, Paul, it'd be time to call the FBI and ask what's going on because, I mean, you talk about the best running backs in college football. Uh, there's no way that you cannot include Brandon Knox and what he's done in, in two years. And, you know, more, more and more I think about it, Paul, and I, I, I think I even mentioned it uh, last week when I was uh, uh, subbing for you, and I uh, Brandon really reminds me of uh, Devin Johnson, the late Devin Johnson, who we lost way too early. Uh, you know, as far as the, just the straight-ahead, bull-like running style that Brandon has, uh, he he gets the same way that, that, that Devin Johnson ran. And hopefully Brandon can stay healthy this year because, to be honest with you, and, and, and I've seen this after games and, and others have seen this after games, the guy runs so hard and is so physical – that he's his body is just absolutely just used up after games because that's the way the guy plays, and uh, you know it'd be lovely to see him have another big year. Of course, you know he absolutely uh, tore it up last year with Conference USA honors. Uh, had a great end of the year, and uh, one thing about Brandon Knox, we talked about inconsistency. You know when we were talking about Isaiah Green situation, you talk about a guy that's consistent is. Brandon Knox. Brandon Knox brings the same effort, and you get the same results pretty much every game. If you're gonna of, if you're gonna plant your flag on any Marshall football player, it's Brendan Knox. You plant your flag on him and let him let him go, because he is he's just an amazing young it, man to talk to. I mean, he he is so he's laser focused, but he's thoughtful and, when he and, when he speaks about he, you know what his focus is. And Paul, he is. Unbelievably, at a young age, even he was the one of the leaders last year. You know, you you, you kind of look back to last year's team. You know, who was the guy who was like the main leader? Probably Levi Brown. Oh, Levi Brown. Uh, Levi I mean, Brown. That's another guy. That's exactly. It's another guy. And, and we're gonna miss him this year. But but you know, and, and I saw this when we were down at Tampa at uh, getting ready for the Gasparilla Bowl. You talk about a guy that draws a crowd, and guys listen to him when he talks. Kind of like E.F. Hutton, you know, when mm-hmm. when when Brandon Knox 
talks, people listen. That was the same way because, I mean, there was always a group of guys hanging around Brandon. I mean, getting. I mean, I had a few elevator rides with the guys, and it's like, you know, he – He's the leader, and and he already is the leader. And it's by action. It's not hey. It is. It's not hey. Look at me. I'm the leader. It's, no, no. It's the same way with Levi. It's you know when I would go and talk to Levi. I mean, take a notepad because school is in session. <laughs> it's almost the same way with Brendan. Um, Brendan's a little bit more concise though. Yeah. Um, but you you know what's going on when you talk to Both him. Both personable guys. Oh yeah. And knowledgeable guys. Uh, well spoken. Uh, respectful guys. And, and can you imagine this? He is, and this is right now where he's at. He is um, through two seasons start at Marshall, through sophomore season for Marshall, third best running back behind Chris Parker and Doug Chapman, and qualify that, if you will, because it could be even more amazing for him. Yeah, exactly. Let's remember, he didn't really start playing Till midway through the 2018 season, he didn't get on the field till about game seven, game eight, and he took off like a rocket after that. Yeah. So if you're saying, "Hey, here's a guy who, with less touches or, or less of a uh, of a resume game wise, is third where he's at right now, position wise, behind Chris Parker and Doug Chapman." If you're talking about running back royalty at Marshall University, it's Chris Parker and Doug Chapman. Marshall Hall of Famers, you know, and, and you know, guys that you know may even be uh, college football Hall of Famers in the in the near future. In fact, I think Chris Parker's on the ballot this year. Yeah, we he was actually uh, you, you must have missed it. He was on the show with us a few weeks ago. Right. Um, and the one thing I learned from that talking to him is he is he's very humble man. And we need to get his wife on, uh, according to him, because she's got a lot of things going on uh, in her career. He was more interested in promoting him, her than he was himself. Now, now that's a good husband right there. It's a <laughs> very good husband. Now, I don't know if we're going to get a college football season in. If we do, it might not look the way I have it scheduled right here on, on my sheet right now because East Carolina is coming up August 29th, and we get the news today that – 27 people involved with East Carolina University Athletics tested positive for the coronavirus. So all athletic activities are going to be put on pause. Uh, there's no indication in when they're going to um, press play again on that. But they, as an institution, have conducted 452 COVID-19 tests with student athletes, coaches, and staffs. I, I don't know if they were if they tested everyone or if they were doing quarantines before, testing, letting them in. I don't know what their procedure yeah. was, but, I mean, here it is. This is what we might see across the college football landscape. Well, if memory serves, Paul, I think they had a few issues when they uh, started workouts in June. Uh, they had a few, uh, just kind of like Marshall, but I, they, they may have had a few more uh, positive tests and, and, of course, quarantined those guys and, and the other guys got on the field. Uh, but, uh, of course, this is all athletes, and, and that, that's a pretty – Tough number right there at ECU. So basically what they're doing is what Ohio State did last couple of weeks. So they've got workouts going now, but uh, they shut things down. And also the uh, what's going on this week with the WVU women's basketball team when they had six positive tests up there at WVU last Thursday. And uh, so uh, it's probably best to shut it down, uh, get these folks quarantined, get them well. Uh, I mean, uh, that's just prudent. Do you think we might see either one, the game totally get 
canceled. No East Carolina Marshall game. Or do you think that there's a, a push to reschedule this game? Because we don't know if the schedule as it stands is going to hold. If East Carolina shutting down right now, that might be in jeopardy. We don't know what the ACC is going to do. Yeah. We don't know what the Big 12 is going to do or the SEC. And I don't think we're going to hear from the MAC anytime soon until all the other leagues have spoken. Uh, Same uh, thing with Conference USA. Although, uh, and something bad on the MAC front, I saw earlier today that they had canceled their virtual media day. They canceled a virtual media day. That's going to do it here. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. If you're canceling your virtual meeting, what's that saying? Well, they might say you, you don't have much to talk about right now. Well, that's true. Marshall, East Carolina, August 29th. I don't know if we're going to see it. Yeah, it's, um, we might see Marshall football in October. I don't know. We might not see Marshall football till spring. Or there might just be an ultimate decision to. That, that will be the last uh, resort, I would say. Yeah, it, um, it's going to be interesting as, uh, as we... As we go through this, uh, don't forget if you missed any part of today's show, including uh, our interview, uh, Bill Cornwell here in the studio doing a fantastic job interviewing one of the all-time legends in sports, Jim Host. For our intern, Spencer Dupuy, for Bill Cornwell, I'm Paul Swan. Don't forget, go to the podcast, listen to all of that. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.